0: To do yourself a favor, a podcast where you can gratify yourself off of my biased list of dope music. And yes, the list is biased and the music is dope. And guess what? I am back. You've heard it right. James Brown is saying it. I am back. I'm back. And you know, I've been going for a minute, but I'm back with the jump off and I'm just happy to be back. And it's so funny that before I even determined when I was going to be back, I said when I come back, I'm going to choose Get Up Off Of That Thing by James Brown just because the intro, he says I'm back, right? So I'm choosing this song and you know, I can't just give you a little James Brown song and not give you some history. So I'm going into the song, trying to find out a little fun facts, you know, some chart facts when the song was released and everything like that. And then I found some really crazy Information that correlated so hard with why I was gone in the first place. And you know, they always say God never does coincidences, or they always say that there's no such thing as coincidences. It's just God being anonymous. And I really feel like God was trying to be anonymous right here, but I saw you. I saw your hand, God. I saw you. So while looking into a little bit of facts about the song Get Up Off of That Thing by James Brown, Of course, it was created in May of 1976, May, one of the best uh, best years, wow, one of the best months out there because your girl was born in May. Um, But Get Up Off of That Thing was one of James Brown's most successful songs in the 1970s. But because it was so successful, uh, he had to put, as the writers of this song, he put his wife and his two daughters as the writers because at the time he was going through some IRS trouble and he didn't want the IRS to try to come and put their hands on his music. So you know how James Brown do? He like ah oh, let me put these two, uh, let me put my daughter, my two daughters and my and my wife on this joint so they can't come and take it from them because they ain't in trouble with the IRS. So I thought that was going to be the fun fact that I shared, but then I started scrolling more. I went down a little rabbit hole and I found James Brown's inspiration behind the whole get up off of that thing song. And it correlates to the pandemic and the reason why I um, then finally had to tell myself to get up off of that thing and come and give y'all an episode. So. James Brown was in Fort Lauderdale doing a show and that show was probably the bomb. But what was going on was he said the audience was being real conservative and sophisticated. They weren't trying to dance. And he was like, you know, I'm being funky. I'm giving them my all. But he said, you know, I realized that I was in a depression and even though I was giving him my all, my 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 you know, I was I was depressed. I wasn't really giving it like I normally give it, allegedly. So he said he was Uh, depressed and, and dehydrated. And we all know that man was probably dehydrated because I ain't never seen a James Brown clip where that man wasn't sweating, okay? So you know he was probably trying to give it his all, but when you are feeling down and out, you can really try and it still doesn't convey to your audience. And he said that he was feeling depressed and dehydrated and he felt like it was getting put onto his audience and that's why they weren't really jamming and grooving with him so he said he just yelled get up off of that thing and dance till you feel better and then he said i probably meant to say get up off of that thing and dance till i feel better because he was really down and out at the time and it's just so funny how this plays back into the 2020 pandemic because guess what happy new year is january 1st 2021 um but unfortunately we are still stuck in this pandemic and so what happened with me and correlating it to James Brown is the last episode I gave you all, you know, I was, I told you all I was going to visit some family in which I did. And then when I came back home, you know, it was something that hit me that in regards to being in this pandemic, human beings are not meant to live in isolation. And I went from hanging and being with my family to coming home and living in total isolation and it did something to me where i just didn't have the energy or the want to to do anything that i felt wasn't necessary so you know god had still blessed me to have a job so i was working um i was you know bathing and brushing my teeth the necessities uh but outside of that if i didn't have to do it I didn't want to do it, I just didn't have the energy, I just didn't have the want to, I didn't have the longing to, and I kept battling with myself, like, I need to put out an episode, I need to do this, maybe it'll make me feel better, and I was in a moment like James to where, or James Brown, to where I was like, if I put out an episode, my listeners are going to gonna to know that it's not 100%, that I'm not giving you all 100% of my energy. And um, I didn't want to put out anything whack because you guys don't deserve whack. You deserve my best. And um, it's just funny that I just wanted to use this song as an intro. But James Brown was really going off and saying, listen, get up off of that thing and dance till you feel better. Now, I say this like that. If you got to take some time for yourself like I did, because I had to take some time for myself and say, listen, I'm going to... I'm going to mellow out and figure out what is really going on and why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and being okay with saying, hey, nothing's wrong with me. I'm just trying to survive a pandemic and that is okay. So if you gotta, you know, put your project to the side, put your podcast to the side, put your raggedy kids to the side for a second, listen, you gotta do what you gotta do until you feel better. But when you get up off of that thing, make sure you dance till you feel better or podcast till you feel better or laugh until you feel better, or talk to your best friend until you feel better, because we can't wallow in that I don't feel like it too long because then it becomes dangerous. So whatever you gotta do until you feel better, do it. Now, there's a little caveat to that because I don't want nobody coming back to me saying, well, you know, I got up off of that thing and I drank till I felt better and I did drugs till I felt better and I shopped till I felt better. Now I'm battling, you know, addiction and debt. Listen, okay? Don't put that on me. So don't be doing those types of things, you know. Maybe one or two drinks if that's what you feel like you need to do to feel better. But, you know, don't don't create a problem from another problem, all right? And that is my soapbox on how I am back to give you all another great episode. Because this James Brown song isn't even the song that I'm reviewing. It's just... It's just so crazy how when things come together and work themselves out. So I'm just excited. Well, I'm excited for me to be back. But also, listen, honestly, though, in all seriousness, for this song, if you are in a moment to where you feel depressed or you feel like I just can't do it anymore and you and you want to give up on yourself, call a friend, call a hotline. And if you can't do that, at least listen to this song. And for the three minutes that it is, are probably longer because it's a James Brown song. I promise you you'll feel better for those three minutes. Now on to the real song we're doing this episode. It's
1: here and I like it. Woo. <laughs> 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 Big Well. Uh KC y'all, bringing it in. Why?
0: Yes, today's episode, we are covering Will 2K by Will Smith. Yes, Will Smith's second studio album called The Willennium, of course, because this song was dropped in September 9th, 1999, just in time for the millennium, the millennium, the year 2000. Can you can you all think back that long ago? 1999 on the cusp of 2000, what is I? 13, 14 year old girl learning life things happening, things changing, and then you right there on the cusp of the world ending in the year 2000. I'm just joking, but not really. I'll get more into that later. But yes, Will 2K was the second single from Will Smith's studio album, willennium and it featured the lovely, lovely sounds and vocals of KC one half of Casey and JoJo, and one fourth of Jodeci. Okay? And if any of you all know me, you know I love me some Jodeci. I love me some Casey, JoJo, Devontae, Mr. Dalvin. Hey, Devontae, if you listening. Hey, let me tell y'all something. Go look at some pictures of Devontae from back in the day. Sheesh. All right? Wow. Man crush Monday every day. That man was fine. But anyway, He was also a very talented producer. And speaking of producers, the production done on this song was by Trackmasters. So this song has a lot of hidden, really, really good gems. First of all, it's done by hip hop legend, Will Smith, featuring some of the sweetest vocals of Casey. Casey has one of the best voices. And fun fact, did you know who his cousin was? Yeah, you know his brother was Jojo, but did you know who his cousin was? Cause she got a voice from the gods too. His cousin is Fantasia. Yes! Go ahead and free yourself Fantasia. Can you imagine Christmas at their house? Them singing around the on Christmas tree? Just to be on the fly on the wall, Jesus. Just to be a fly on the wall. You know the Christmas tunes is going down. But I digress. As I was saying, this song has a lot of hidden gems. Will Smith, hip hop legend, featuring the sweet vocals of KC, and produced by the track masters. Now, whenever we have conversation about producers, and I'm not talking about like today's producers, like, you know, Mike Will Made It and DJ Mustard and those guys, those guys are good, London on the track, all of those guys are really good. But I'm talking about like when people have those conversations about like back in the 90s and the 2000s, th- th- those types of producers where you bring up names like the Neptunes and of course Pharrell and Timbaland and Swizz Beats and Teddy Riley even, you throw him in there. But I rarely, and I could be wrong, I, but in the conversations I hear, I rarely hear people bring up the Trackmasters. And the Trackmasters had the hits! That could be a whole nother episode, just like I gotta do a whole nother episode on Jodeci. But the Trackmasters had some hits, and just in case you didn't know, a couple of them I'll go down, because these are a couple of my favorite Master hits. Is Horse and Carriage by Cameron and Mace. Jenny from the Block by J-Lo, Big Bad Mama by Foxy Brown featuring Drew Hill, that's my favorite, and Fatty Girl by Keith Murray, LL Cool J, and Ludacris, that is also one of my favorites. So do yourself a favor and go look up some of these songs that I just named from Trackmasters, and also some of their other songs and let's include them in the top producers conversations because they were really the bomb now if that sounds familiar to you it should the track masters actually sampled the clashes rock the casbah and you know i'm about to play the original for you yeah. was Rock the Casbah by The Clash, and they were part of the British punk rock wave that happened back in the 70s. They formed in 1976, which is, uh aha, the same year that James Brown created Get Up Off of That Thing. So look at that. Full circle. It always comes back. Full circle. So they became really popular in the US, The Clash, I mean, became really popular in the US in 1979 after their third album called London Is Calling. And then in 1982, they reached a new height of success with their album Combat Rock. And Combat Rock is the album that actually had the single Rock the Cast bot on it. And that album went double platinum And in 2003, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then in 2004, they reached number 28 of Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. So The Clash is not a band to play with. They got the stats. They got the hits. And they got the samples. Clearly, people are sampling them. Trackmasters knew what was up. So I didn't know what a cast bar was. So I had to do a little research. So you know, so you didn't have to do it. So you're welcome. You ain't even got to look it up. The Kasbah is a central part of town, and it is an Arabic word for central part of town. The story behind this song is, it was an account of a band on Western rock music in Arab and an Arab king had put a ban on the Western rock music. So the lyrics and the song and the clashes rock the casbah describes this king's efforts to stop his population of his small casbah, his small central part of town. He didn't want them listening to this rock music. So he ordered military jet fighters to bomb anybody in violation of the band. So basically, this Arab King was like, listen, I don't like Western rock music. I don't want the people in my little town, my little cast bar listening to it. So listen, you little jet fighter men, pilots, people. If you hear anybody listening to this music, drop some bombs on them. And not, you know, one of those funk master flex bombs. He was talking about like for real bombs, like killing people for listening to uh, Western rock music. But the pilots was like, nah, we ain't about to do that, that's crazy. So what the pilots did they ignored the order from the arab king and instead they played the rock music on their cockpit radios the population the people in the small town the casbah then proceeded to start dancing to the music which is where the term rock the casbah came from because the people in the small town were rocking out and dancing to the music now was all that real no but The Clash created this song off in an actual scenario that was inspired by the real ban on Western music in Iran after the 1979 Islamic revolution. So they were doing the art of storytelling in their song. I'm trying to tell you The Clash, they weren't nothing to play with. Do yourself a favor, go and listen to the original Rock the Casbah and a couple of their other songs. You might get a little history lesson.
1: The party of a lifetime, 31st of December. Man, I remember when the ball dropped for 90. Now it's 9-9. 10 years behind me. What's going to happen? Don't know right, no. We'll see when the clock hits to 12 0 Chaos, the cops going to block the street. Man, who the hell cares? Don't stop the beat. No time to sleep. Yo, it's on tonight. KC, you feeling me right? Two zero 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 will 2 k The new millennium, yo. Excuse me, Willenium. Can't get thicker than this. Big like Rick, I can't miss. Hold up, it is. It's the year
0: 1999, okay? So where am I? Like I said in the beginning of the episode, I was what, 13, 14 years old. I was in Atlanta with Linda, of course. It's 1999 and it's getting real close to the year 2000. I was scared. On top of my 13, 14-year-old problems, you know, everything was ruining my life back then. But then you gonna add on the year 2000, I was afraid. Do yourself a favor and YouTube some old news clippings and news stories of everyone freaking out about 1999 turning into the year 2000. I mean, I was afraid they were kept talking about this Y2K bug and how it was like this big thing because our computers were not going to be able to distinguish the year 2000 from the year 1900. Now listen, I don't know why that affected me so much. Like who cares today? but at that time at 13 14 years old and seeing that stuff on the news i was like oh no the computers are going to shut down and how am i going to get on my aol and chat you know because that was a big thing that was a big deal but also the computer's gonna shut down that means the world gonna shut down and when the world shut down what the heck we gonna do and then you fast forward, on 20 years later, and psh, the world shut down. The irony of it all. But I mean, at least we had the computers, right? So the lyrics, or the lyrics in this particular verse, really summed up how I was feeling at the time. When Will Smith said, what's gonna happen, don't nobody know? We'll see when the clock gets to 12.00. I was scared, because we ain't know what was gonna happen. And in my mind, I thought of all the worst things that could happen. And then at the very end of the verse when he goes, and we're going to party like it's 19. Hold up, it is. Well, he's referencing Prince's song, 1999. And my father is one of the biggest fans of Prince. And so I grew up listening to a lot of Prince songs. And 1999 was one of Prince's popular songs, so we listened to that song a lot. That song instills so much fear in me about the year 2000 coming. I'm not gonna go over the entirety of the song, so you can do yourself a favor and go and look up Uh, 1999 by Prince the lyrics but listen to those lyrics and if you just a young little kid and then it's finally 1999 and you start to reminisce about what these lyrics are saying when I tell you Prince was talking about destruction there was gonna be a war there were gonna be bombs it was gonna be judgment day he has to get ready to die any day because 2000 party over oops out of time I was scared. Like, we running out of time here. It's about to be mass destruction. Airplanes are going to be falling out of the sky. I just live in Daggone Stone Mountain, Georgia. We ain't got no basement. We ain't got no bunker. What we going to do? How we going to survive this? Prince already prophesized that 2000 party over. Oops, out of time. And then here come Will Smith talking about and we gonna party like it's 19, hold up, it is. Guess who ran out of time? I did, I was scared. So much to the point where I did not stay up for the millennium, I didn't. I told myself, if the world was gonna end, I was gonna be asleep, okay? You're not about to catch me slipping. Let me go to sleep and just die peacefully like the old lady on Titanic, just in my sleep. I mean, I was stressed, and I think about it, I was like, dang, you was you was a teenager, you had a world of those problems on your shoulders. And they weren't even real problems. While everyone else was getting ready for Cash Money taking over for the 99 and the 2000, I was preparing for the world to end. Ain't that sad? But that's what happened in 2000, though. You know, that's how that's how I was living when 2000 came. Then I woke up right the next day, January 1st, 2000, and everything was the same. Imagine my disappointment.
1: Everybody was drinking, the highs were screaming, and the bass was shaking, and it won't be long to let everybody know, when at 12 o'clock the roof will be blowing. Drink.
0: If you're thinking to yourself, this flow sounds familiar, well, you're right, it should. Uh, this was actually a sample from Joseph Sattler, a.k.a. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Grandmaster Flash is known to be a pioneer of hip hop, DJing, cutting, scratching, everything. He was like one of the first to do it. He was actually inducted, him and the Furious Five were actually inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007 and that group was actually the first Hip hop group to ever be honored in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they made a little history there. And also recently in 2019, Grandmaster Flash, aka Joseph Sadler, won the Polar Music Prize. So he's still like getting his accolades, as he should. He is like one of the pioneers, one of the first to ever do this thing we love called hip hop. So the Furious Five consisted of Melly Mel, the Kid Creole, Keith Cowboy, Raheem, and Scorpio. And they would get together and they'd be out there freestyling, rapping, and battling. And people really was like digging them, you know, because they were really good. So what happened in 1979, they got signed to a little label called Enjoy Records. Isn't that cute? Enjoy Records. Record did you enjoy? I don't know. But they got signed to Enjoy Records in 1979 and they released their first single called Super Rappin'. Super Rappin' is actually the song or the flow that was sampled by Will Smith in this song, Will 2K. So unfortunately I don't have a sample to play because when I went to buy the song, it would not allow me to buy the song. I only had the option to buy the entire album and see the way my bank account is set up. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't have a sample to play, but I mean, I can't wrap it for you. So, you know, get your delighted ears ready. All right. so. How their song actually went was, it was a party night, everybody was breaking, the highs were screaming and the bass was shaking and it won't be long to everybody knowing that Flash was on the beatbox going. How did I do? I mean, shoo, it might be Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Six popping off with DJ Valley Fowl up in that day. No? Yes? I don't know. Um, But anyway, you see how the flow went, so Will Smith, of course, took that flow and remixed it to work into his Willinium song. You're welcome.
1: I remember trying to count how old I'd be when the clock struck 12 in the year 2G. Man- Y'all know Jay, finally near This'll be the anthem amongst the cheers Just the men to usher it in Big Will bringing the heat KC bringing the plan, Ringing it in, waiting for the ball to drop That 2000 vault, we breaking the lock May hip hop, keep blazing the charts made the past keep a warm spot in your heart made the future hold more joy than pain Hands in the air waiting for confetti to rain Y'all,
0: we made it through 2020 A whole pandemic I mean, we're still in the pandemic But, like, we are really figuring out how to navigate it We got a whole new president, a vaccine is on the way, you woke up this morning, things are going pretty good. Like Will Smith said in this last verse, may the past keep a warm spot in your heart. The past being 2020, yes, that is the past. Will it keep a a warm spot in your heart? Maybe lukewarm, but we know we will always remember 2020. May the future hold more joy than pain. Listen, speak those positive affirmations over your future. I know it's stuff on social media talking about, ain't nobody really saying 2021 gonna be my year yet because we unsure. No, you unsure. I know 2021 is gonna be a good year for me. I'm speaking that over myself and I'll speak that over y'all too. Y'all my listeners, 2021 is gonna be a real good year for y'all too. Hands in the air waiting for confetti to rain. Whatever your confetti is, may it be actual confetti, maybe it may be some uh, some money is your confetti, some your some success being your confetti, some love being your confetti, just hands in the air, okay? Waving them like you just don't care. I wanna thank you all for listening to my my comeback episode, I guess, or my welcome back episode thank you so much for tuning in and listening and make sure you do yourself a favor go and listen to get up off of that thing by james brown and again if you're ever feeling down i promise you that you can listen to that song and it will get you up do yourself a favor and go and listen to the clash rock the casbah and any of their other songs maybe you'll get a little history lesson out of that and also do yourself a favor And listen to Will 2K by Will Smith, because it is a new year. It is January 1st, 2021. It is a new year. New year, new me, new life. I I don't know, but it's new. It's a new beginning. And let's celebrate that. If you all are a little thirsty for a little bit more content, you can always find me on Do Yourself a Favor podcast on Instagram. My Facebook page is going through a little technical difficulty at the moment, so um, that's not an option. But you can always hit me up on Instagram and you can also leave a comment on Podbean as well. Oh, I almost left this out. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter B for me being back and by the letter N for New Beginnings. 2021 is going to be great. Speak positive affirmations over your life. Listen to some good music. Talk to a good friend. And remember, I'm not a music expert. I just play one on a podcast. Three
1: line of the year. Four, three, two, one. y'all, see y'all.